Welcome to the Vineyard Boise Sunday Message Podcast. You can join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and vineyardboise.org slash live. Subscribe to our message podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And if you'd like to support Vineyard Boise, you can give online at vineyardboise.org slash give. Today's message is brought to you by Pastor Brent Jones. Enjoy. have a couple things that I feel like I'm supposed to say before we start into the message. And um, today we're talking about prophecy. And there's few, uh, few topics that cause such a stir in church as prophecy. So they, they I mean, it's kind of up there with drums in church in the 90s or <laughs> women preaching in the 2020s. Come on, church. <sighs> Anyways... Yeah, prophecy. We're talking about prophecy today. But I had a word for our church this morning while we were worshiping, and I just saw, oh, was, I just saw, I, I, I just kind of head back to the back of the building sometimes and, and just listen. And it was so moving this morning as we were all just standing here worshiping God in his presence. I just saw a picture of the presence of God descending all over, equally across the room, just descending down. And do you know what it means to wick? Do you know what wicking is? So like wick, when, you, when something wicks, that means that you've taken a string typically or yarn or twine or something and you've put it in liquid and you've taken that string out of the liquid to go to something else because you want the liquid to go to that place and soak in. You can do it with water. You can do it with oil. This morning I saw oil. The presence of God is oil just descending on this place. And suddenly, as we lifted up our hands, the presence of God just started to wick down from our hands and our arms onto us. Isn't that beautiful? The presence of God just wicking down as as his people lifted up their hands in worship and just touched his presence, and his presence just began to saturate our hearts just so gently, so beautifully, just softening every place that it went, his presence just pouring out and softening. How many of you want that in your life this morning? That word, yeah, that was for, you know, I I was up in the sound booth and I just walked down and raised my hands. (laughs) I was like, that's for me. Yes, Lord, that's for me. His presence is here this morning in just such a beautiful way. I love what God's doing. Hmm. Come Holy Spirit. We welcome you in this place. Come and have your way. Speak to our hearts. Speak to my heart. I just want to be a mouthpiece for you today, Jesus. Your heart would be known in this room. Soften our hearts with the oil of your presence today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. A couple of you have commented on my shirt. Thanks. That's why I... No, I actually wore it because I got a little too much sun on my white walls yesterday. So it's a distraction. See, if I wear a bright enough pink, you don't see that I got sunburned on my head. So, baseball, yay. (laughs) It was a hot one yesterday, and I'm not complaining. Amen? Today is not an exhaustive study of prophecy. 
Today, we're not gonna like, you know, we're, this is not an expansive, exhaustive study of this concept of prophecy. What I wanna say is, right off the bat, God is still speaking to people. <laughs> yes, aren't you thankful? I, I just have to get that out. You know, people, we, people are like, well, what does your church believe? What's your church? You know, people, they find out I'm a pastor. They ask me all kinds of questions. Well, what's your church believe? I want to just put this out there. We believe God is still speaking to people. God speaks through the gifts of his Holy Spirit to his church. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, words of prophecy, healing, signs, wonders, and miracles. God is still doing that today. And we believe that as a church, and we're walking in that in faith. Why? Because we are people that love God. We are people that want his Holy Spirit at work in our lives. And I, so while today is not an exhaustive teaching on prophecy, I want to say also up front, one of my favorite quotes in this book so far that we've been in, if you, didn't, if you missed it, I don't have a title slide for today. It's just called Hearing God and Prophecy, so write that down. Um, <laughs> but the chapter of the, what, I, what I've loved about this book that we've been in as a church so far, and if you're not in it, grab it, listen to it, whatever. But Pete Griggs says that hearing God begins and ends with meeting Jesus. Hearing God begins and ends with meeting Jesus. Our culture is obsessed with hearing from the divine right now. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I want to just get this out there, that hearing God starts and ends with knowing Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. If you don't know him today, I want you to, I want you to meet Jesus. But hearing God, hearing from God begins and ends with Jesus. Today, I also understand that many people have been hurt by this gift of prophecy. By prophecies, air quotes, so-called prophets that misuse and abuse the thus saith the Lord thing. Statements that are used to judge, punish, dismiss, discipline, expose, and uncover are not prophecy. That's not what we're talking about today. So if you've been hurt, I get it. I have been hurt. I understand I've been in the body of Christ my whole life, and I've heard some weird stuff prefaced by, thus saith the Lord. So much greed, ambition, pride, and arrogance, and attitude, all associated with this idea of prophetic. I get it. There's a lot of hesitation around prophecy. The gifts of the Spirit. We're like, oh, I don't know, the gifts of the Spirit, I don't know. I, you know, we, we have, I mean, you guys, I can't even count the number of church splits I know just from my own personal life, knowing people involved over the gifts of the Spirit. I can't even count them. Church splits or churches gone. But this gift of the Holy Spirit, and it is a gift, is also a major reason why the body of Christ has lost so much credibility in our generation. We've lost credibility because of this gift, or what we're saying is this gift. Prophecy from the last four to five years, or 25 years, or 65 years, or... We've lost a lot of credibility, and we wonder why sometimes. I also want to say that being prophetic or being a prophet or being a prophetic person has nothing to do with the number of followers you have on TikTok. 
the number of followers you have on Instagram. God doesn't care. And you're messing with his people, and he doesn't like it. I'm not saying you. I'm saying you know who I'm talking to. But sometimes, because that's what's on our phones, right? We all thought, oh, man, that guy has like, who is this guy? Click on it. 300 million followers. Well, he must be. No. No. He's not speaking for God. She's not speaking for God. The amount of followers. So, well, they must be legit. No, that doesn't mean anything. I was, I've, I've been in marketing uh, my whole professional career. I can tell you how to get more likes and followers. Marketing. Not the prophetic. But the New Testament uses two terms to describe the word of God. Logos, which is referring to the written word of God, where we've been, uh, the living word of God. This is where we've gone over the last two Sundays, the living word of God in Jesus and the written word of God in the Bible. We've been talking about the Logos for the last two weeks. How to hear God through, through the Bible, through, through daily, through Jesus, all the, through his word. We've been talking about that for two weeks, and it's been excellent. But the other word that is used in the Greek is rhema which describes God's spoken word, living and active in prophecy. Think of a God so powerful and precise that he can express himself through scripture in the Bible, but then can continue to speak to his people generation after generation, confirming the Bible and affirming our faith. Think of a God so precise. Hmm. This is the God that the Apostle Paul urges us not to let go of in the gift of the Holy Spirit in Corinthians. He's saying, hey, hey, God's doing this. Hey, God still does this. Do you, um, and so, uh, and I love, even on the, in the Emmaus Road story, which, which some of us have been in recently, I'm struck by the two travelers begging Jesus to stay with them, even though they don't yet know who he is. He hasn't been revealed to them yet, but they beg him to stay. No, stay, stay. It says they urge him strongly, stay with us, stay. This was their cry. Later we see Jesus' response to all of the disciples when they have this same desire. The disciples want Jesus after his resurrection to stay with them. What does he say? I must go, I must go so one greater can come. The Holy Spirit The one who never has to go. You see, Jesus appeared and disappeared after his resurrection. He was was getting in all of the visits he needed to get in. He was appearing and disappearing. Think about it. In the house. Appearing, disappearing. On the road. Appearing, disappearing. On the beach. Appearing, disappearing. I've been trying to appear on the beach for months. It's not, I'm like, come on. I want to, I just, I'm like, Lord, I just want to be like Philip. I just want to get transported somewhere, and could it be warm and tropical? (laughs) He says, just wait for every other week in April in Boise, okay. Yes, Lord. But Jesus appears and disappears. But the Holy Spirit is God, omnipresent and all-powerful, ready to meet our needs. So Jesus says, I'm going because one greater than I is coming. I'm tapping out. We're rotating the Holy Spirit in because the church needs the Holy Spirit. We need the gifts of the Spirit functioning and active today. God was with us in Jesus Christ and is with us in the Holy Spirit who gives us the good gifts of healing, wisdom, knowledge, miracles, faith, and prophecy. 
pairing them, listen to this, with the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. Love, joy, peace. Come on, Paige, thank you. This is a children's ministry volunteer right here. Some of y'all need to volunteer back there so you can learn the gifts of the Spirit. Or the, the fruits of the Spirit. Well, the gifts of the Spirit are happening back there already. But this is the problem. Is, and I've talked about this here before, that the gifts get off base when the fruit is not present. The gifts of the Spirit get off base when the fruit of the Spirit is not present. They go together. The gifts of the Spirit function with the fruit of the Spirit. If the fruit is lacking, and I'm telling you, the body of Christ has some dead fruit, but we still want to function in the gift, we hurt people. And people have been hurt. Anytime the gifts operate outside of the fruit, we have a problem and damage happens. The gifts and the fruit go together. Today, today, to start off, I just want to stand in a place of proxy for you. In a place of leaders in your life and repent and sincerely apologize for any hurt and damage that's been caused in your life by the gifts of the Spirit functioning without the fruit of the Spirit. Prophecy without love, joy, peace, and patience is not a complete expression of the heart of God for people. And it's, if that's been your experience in the body of Christ and that's happened to you, I'm really sorry. That hurts. Pastors, leaders, churches can get off base and miss God. And we have. You know, it reminds me of a story I heard of a pastor who every week when he preached, he would see this guy named Joe come in the back of the auditorium and he'd come in and Joe would come in and worship and Joe was dressed uh, in filthy coveralls every Sunday. And it really bothered the, the preacher. He would think, oh man, I wonder why Joe doesn't change his clothes into, you know, just something clean at least. Joe would come in and he'd be dressed kind of just, you know, pretty messy. So he just, after a few Sundays, he said, you know, I'm just going to talk to him to see what, you know, get him to change his clothes. So the pastor goes and says, hey, after service, hey, Joe, can I talk to you for a second? I just wondered, you're like every week you come in here and you're just like filthy. Don't, you, why don't you just change your clothes and, you know, come in and clean? He said, oh, I, don't, I work at a car wash, so I just come in from work and I go back to work. So the pastor said, well, I, the preacher says, well, I don't know. Why don't you just pray and ask God what he wants you to do? So Joe said, okay, pastor, I'll do that. So the next week the pastor's preaching and he feels pretty good about the decision Joe has made and He's standing at the pulpit, and he looks back, and in walks Joe wearing filthy coveralls again. <laughs> so after church, he goes back, and he says, hey, Joe, I noticed you're wearing your filthy coveralls again. I wonder if you asked God what he thought. And Joe said, well, Pastor, actually, I did ask God what he thought. The pastor said, oh, what'd God say? He said, well, God said, well, Joe, I've never been to your church, but... Sorry, it had to be said. <laughs> I'm a pastor. I get to tell church jokes. <laughs> Sometimes we miss God. Sometimes we get way off base, and God's not in it. But we've gone too far down a road that maybe God's not in, and so we don't want to say we were wrong. The church is full of people that are broken because of the of the gifts of the Spirit functioning outside the fruit of the Spirit. And 
I believe God's correcting that. He's correcting that in his church. He's correcting that in the big C church, the body of Christ all over the world. He's bringing a correction. And he always starts with the house of God. He always starts with leaders. I heard a story this week on, um, <laughs> it was on next door of all places. <laughs> and uh, they were just saying how they, they, on next door there was this whole thread thanking uh, the guy at Barnes & Noble who was telling people's fortunes for them for free at Barnes & Noble. You know, I just realized, like, people are hungry to hear something from outside of our natural world. They're hungry for the supernatural. They know that there's something more. They just don't trust us at the church to tell them anymore. They're going to Barnes & Noble and meeting with a guy at the coffee shop. Like, come on. We've got God's number. We should be, we should be sharing the heart of God for the world. I, and so, anyway, all right. <laughs> so, we have this generational issue where we have a generation that's damaged and misused the gifts of the Spirit while simultaneously desperate to hear from God. So, what's the solution? Well, I believe the solution is a restoration of the gifts of the Spirit in love as they were intended to function. And so, we're going to read Paul's instructions in 1 Corinthians 13 and 14, and we're going to read them together. And we're, we're going to hear the instruction of the Apostle Paul for us. And I'm so glad that teens are in here today because God wants to speak to all of us all ages. Amen? Amen. And God has a message to all of us of every age today. So, um, Paul the Apostle had spent a few years actually growing the church in Corinth. And he spent a few years there. And so he had a vested interest in the health of the Corinthian church. So when he hears that things are going pretty funky over there, he writes him a pretty serious letter in a couple parts. And it's a corrective letter. It's an instructory letter. And it's saying, hey, church, this is how you're supposed to be functioning. And so today we're going to read this together and let God's word instruct us. So we're going to start with 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, right at the beginning. We're going to just read it together. We're going to cover a lot of ground today. If you have your Bible, go ahead and pull it out. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. I'm reading out the NIV today. Um, It'll also be on screen for you if that's easier today. We're going to read through it. Paul says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, 
Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies, look at this, speaks to people for their strengthening, their encouraging, and their comfort. You're like, well, that's chapter 14. Not in Paul's letter. In Paul's letter, it was one page. And it said... These three remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. That's how it looked in Paul's letter. We break it up in our Bible. We break it up on screen, but it said, these three remain faith, hope, love. The greatest of these is love. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Do you see how those go together? See, we think this, is, this passage is only for weddings, it's not just for weddings. <laughs> love is patient. Love is kind. <laughs> it's for prophecy. This passage isn't for couples. This passage is to tell the church, this is how you share my heart with the world. Love and patience. Faith, hope, love. The greatest way to do it is love. Follow the way of love and give a prophecy in love. Do you see that? Can you tie those together now? Eagerly desire prophecy. Eagerly desire prophecy. This word eagerly in the NIV, it's actually in Greek, jealous and zealous. Go after it. Eagerly desire it, zealously, jealously, want it in the Greek. Go after prophecy, how? With love. With love. We're the vineyard. So we kind of are like, oh yeah, we know this stuff. We got this stuff. We love, you know, Holy Spirit, tra-la-la. <laughs> I think sometimes we don't know what to expect now when we pray, come Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is desperately trying to speak to people. And we know he is. So we pray, come Holy Spirit, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. That's our heart, we're kingdom people. And what I love about the vineyard also is we, are, we have this phrase, everybody gets to play. Which means the Holy Spirit speaks to everyone eagerly desires the, the gift of prophecy. This is something all of us should want to do and give, this gift of prophecy. Prophecy is not just for people who are prophets. There are prophets. That's an office. Paul speaks of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. That's real. A prof, a, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Those are positions in the body of Christ that God gave. Those are people God gave to the church to build up the saints for the work of the ministry. The role of apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, our role in that is to equip, equip, equip. Who? Saints. Everybody. For the work of the ministry. Our role is not to 
prophesy to you. Are there prophecies? Sure. But our role as apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers is to equip, 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 equip. Everybody gets to play. Paul tells us to want prophecy. He's not speaking of the role or position of a prophet. He's talking about the gift of the Spirit that encourages people with God's heart and God's love for them. The gift of prophecy uh, is the same in both. The gift is the same, but the position is just different. It's an individual giving the prophecy that's the difference. In our 301 course, we talk about, uh, we talk about this. Uh, in our um, kingdom equipping class, which starts again in the fall, and I encourage you to go through that, we talk about the gifts of the Spirit. We talk about what the gifts of prophecy and words of wisdom and words of knowledge are. We talk about seeing words or pictures over people, feeling a distinct impression when you pray for them, or hearing or sensing something for them. This gift of prophecy is accessible to everyone in the body of Christ from the youngest to the oldest. Teens and kids hear from God. Teens and kids hear from God. The first time I felt an impression from God's heart in the prophetic, I was a very young teenager at a youth meeting. I felt an impression of God's heart for someone when I, uh, and it was at this youth meeting, and it wasn't like a voice from heaven or thunder and lightning, and there, there wasn't just, you know, a sky rider. I just, we were praying for somebody, a fellow teenager, and when I laid my hands on their shoulder to pray for them, I felt something for them. And so I went to my leader and was like, I feel like there's this, they, God, I don't, I didn't, I don't, uh. and they said, oh, go ahead and tell them what you feel. I said, God is saying this about you. And they said, oh, that's right on. That was the first time. I was a young teenager. I think I was 13. God speaks to kids and teenagers. God's timing is perfect and you can position yourself to hear from God. Yes, God's, God does and will speak and interrupt your life with a situation and your situation with his word. He'll just be like, hey, and interrupt your life. He will do that. But far more often, God speaks prophetically to people who position themselves to hear from him. And I've always felt like I need to take the position that as much as it depends on me, I want to prepare myself to hear from God. How do I do that? I pray for people. And I get prayer anytime I can. When I think of hearing from God and the prophetic, I often think of Samuel. And when the Bible describes Samuel and the time he was living in, it says this, that the word of the Lord was rare. The word of the Lord was rare. And Samuel wrote this book under the unction of the Holy Spirit. So he's describing the time that he experienced. And he said, when I was growing up, the word of the Lord was rare. What a sad time. The word of the Lord was rare. People weren't hearing from God. No prophecy, no word of the Lord. The word of the Lord, the direction, the wisdom, the encouragement, the warning from God. So the people of God were living without the word of the Lord. Let's look at this in 1 Samuel chapter 3. We're going to read another large passage again. So turn in your Bible to the Old Testament book of Samuel. 1 Samuel. We're going to kind of go over his, uh, skip his, his origin story and go straight to chapter 3. 
chapter 3, verse 1, says, The boy Samuel, now Josephus, uh, the historian, puts him at about 11 or 12 years old at this time. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In, the, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. See, it explains it. The word of the Lord was rare, semicolon, meaning there were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark was. Put your finger there for later. <laughs> then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call so he went and So he went and lay down. Verse 6. Again the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli. And he said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. Verse 7. <laughs> All of you parents of young children are like, this just happened to me last night. <laughs> You're like, it was not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it was the Skittles before bed. Okay. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. That's interesting. Samuel did not know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. He didn't know where the voice was coming from. A third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized, three times in, then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go lie down. If he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Then the Lord came and stood there. This wording. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family. Remember, this is a 12-year-old kid God's speaking to. From beginning to end, for I told him, verse 13, that I would judge his family forever because of the sin that he knew about. His sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning, and then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. And Samuel answered, here I am. What was it that he said to you, Eli asked? Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide anything from me that he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as the prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Wow. Now, this is a story. You're like, I thought the prophetic was supposed to be ministered in love. This was God's love. 
Eli's family was standing between God and his people. So God had to remove Eli and his family so that he could move the nation forward. This was the love of God. Why did no words of Samuel's fall to the ground? Every word that he spoke came true. Why? We read it right here. It says that all of Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that he was attested as the prophet of God. Why? He did the hard thing right up front. God spoke to him, and he shared with Eli everything God spoke. He was obedient. He was obedient to what God said. The word of the Lord is rare in this time, it says. And then God speaks. Who does God speak to? A kid. God speaks to a kid. I feel like we're letting this next generation off the hook by not, by not getting them in the presence of God and letting them hear from God and not teaching them how to hear from God. Kids, teenagers, young people, if you're under the age of 20, listen to the words that I'm speaking. Get in the presence of God and hear from God. You hear from God. Listen to God and give the word that he's speaking because God is speaking to you. And here's the secret. The secret is found right up here in, in Samuel's life in verse 3. Where was Samuel sleeping? In the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Where was Samuel sleeping? Near what? The ark. We don't know where Eli was sleeping. It doesn't even say. It says in his usual place. Probably not near the ark of the Lord. Samuel was as close as he could be to God. Get in the presence of God. This is the secret. Get in the presence of God. Anytime someone's worshiping, get there. Anytime these doors are open, be here. Anytime there's a prayer meeting, get there. Why? Because in the presence of God, you're going to learn to hear the voice of God, and God's going to begin to speak to you. Youngest to the oldest, he's going to begin to speak to you if you get in the presence of God. That's the secret. Get into the presence of God. They went from a time when it was rare to hear from God to a time when God directed them as a nation literally through Samuel. He brought a word of correction to the house of the Lord and its leader and walked obediently following the voice of, the God, of God for the rest of his life. And walked obediently toward God. And God brought everything true that Samuel ever said. Samuel's ministry actually leads Israel into the golden age of their history. He's the one who crowns David as king, ushering in the Davidic age. Not one, one word Samuel said fell to the ground. God spoke and Samuel obeyed. God kept speaking, Samuel kept obeying. This is an important principle. We're going to put it up on screen right now about hearing from God. He speaks, we obey. The more we obey, the more he keeps speaking. Just read that for a second. He speaks, we obey. Samuel knew this. He learned this. God speaks, we obey. The more we obey, the more he keeps speaking. Samuel learned this when he was a kid, and he kept hearing God the rest of his life. Our generation needs people who hear from God. Notice that God addressed the house of the Lord first. Samuel's first word was not for the nation of Israel. The first prophetic word that Samuel received was for a disobedient leader. It was for the house of the Lord and its leaders. The two people on the Emmaus Road that heard from Jesus, 
What did they do immediately when Jesus disappeared? They ran back and did what? They told the new leaders of the church everything Jesus said. We need people to be hearing from God and saying what God is saying. And today, I'm saying to God, do it again. Do it again. God, you speak in this generation. Do it again. God is still speaking today, and this, it is time for us as a church, as the body of Christ as a whole, to cry out and say, God, come and move in this place. As the vineyard, that means we have a heritage of God moving in our midst. We have a history of God stirring in this house. We know that he speaks. We know that he moves. We must not be content with anything else. We know that the God of the universe speaks, so when we get together, why do we settle for anything else? We know that God speaks. Why are we not contending for that? Let's say collectively, like Samuel, speak, Lord, we're listening. Speak, Lord, we're listening. Come, Holy Spirit. I just have a couple practical points for us today. I, I believe God's imparting something today. So uh, just, just very practically, we're going to talk about two things. Prophecy is for others. So when God's speaking prophetically to you, it's for others. If you're not min ready or wanting to minister to others, you probably won't experience prophecy. You're like, oh, I just want God to speak to me for me. Okay. God speaks to you for others. That's prophecy. So that's why, that's why I said earlier, everybody gets to play. That's why when we say, hey, if you need ministry today, we might just do it right where you are and people can gather around you and hear from God and pray over you. But I just want to give some practical points. How can we grow in the gift of prophecy? Number one, read your Bible. Read your Bible. You're like, we just talked about that for the last two weeks. Yeah, I'm talking about it again. You want to know how to grow in the gift of prophecy? Read your Bible. See what God is like. See what God's like. Get to know what God sounds like. I loved, I love, love, love this quote um, from, from Pete Gregg that said that Jesus is what God sounds like. When we read the words of Jesus, when you read red letters in your Bible, that's what God sounds like. So read your Bible. Uh, number two, find an Eli. You're like, Eli was a loser. Still, still. You can learn a lot from losers. <laughs> find an Eli. In other words, find somebody who knows the voice of God. Eli might have been in disobedience, but he knew what God sounded like. Find somebody and say, hey, I'm feeling this thing, a picture, this word, this, I had a dream. I had, and share it with them and see what they say. Find an Eli. Find somebody you can bounce it off of. Find somebody you, hopefully you can keep in your life and learn from and grow from. Exercise the gift. Well, God hasn't spoken to me for anybody for a long time. When's the last time you prayed for anybody? No, never. Oh, God's not going to speak to you for others if you're not praying for others. Pray for others. Exercise it every chance you get. Go talk to Terry or Jerry or, or Trevor or, or Michael. Go talk to somebody and be like, hey, how, do I, how can I minister to people? And they'll be like, hey, well, come with me. I'm pray, I pray for people every week. 
Follow along with me. Come with me. Exercise it. Everybody gets it wrong. That's, that's like our biggest hesitation. Well, what if I get it wrong? What if you get it wrong? Okay. If you have an Eli by your side, they might be like, hey, that was a little bit off base. What if you get it wrong? Everybody gets it wrong sometimes. Nobody hears from God perfectly. That might be the most important thing I say today. Nobody hears from God perfectly. Get somebody around you that can hear God with you. Be like, I'm sensing this. What do you think? No, you're crazy, man. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so you need that in your life. Okay. And then last, I mentioned this earlier. Get in the kingdom equipping class, 301. Take 301. Walk through it. It's eight weeks. Go through it and learn what prophecy is, what words of knowledge are. Learn how to pray. Learn how to minister. Learn how to do it. Grow in it. This is something we practice and can learn. It's a great training that's happening this fall. And then, I said a minute ago that everybody gets it wrong. You're like, okay, sometimes we all get it wrong. I want to give you a guide for that too. When you're giving a word of prophecy, and we're, we're almost done. We're going to wrap up. We're actually going to land this plane on time this morning. But... <laughs> Here's a practical guide for assessing a prophetic word. ABC. ABC. Let's talk through it. When you're giving a prophetic word, A, is it affirming? Just like the Apostle Paul said in Corinthians, is it strengthening, encouraging, and comforting, and edifying, and upbuilding? If it's not, it's probably not a prophetic word. Is it affirming? When you read 1 Corinthians 14, does it fit there? Do you go, oh yeah, that, that fits, okay? Is it affirming? Number two, B, is it biblical? Is it consistent with the broad teaching and witness of Scripture? This is why I said earlier, get in your Bible. Get in your Bible. If you're given prophecies about space aliens, it's probably not on. <laughs> okay? Not in Scripture? Probably not, Okay? Is it consistent with the broad teaching and witness of Scripture? Get in line with the Word of God. There's no more dangerous place for someone who's moving in the prophetic to be than when they veer outside of what the biblical concept of God is. When we start getting crazy is when we describe God in an extra-biblical way. There's no extra-biblical about prophecy. Prophecy either confirms the Bible and what God says on paper, or it's not prophecy. Okay. Biblical, so we're affirming, we're biblical, and we're Christ-like. Is Christ-like a term you match with most prophetic people? This is a hard one. Christ-like. You see, the motivation of Jesus, the motivation of God, God is love. It is his motivation. That's what Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians 13. That is God. God is love. It's his motivation. So when he speaks... It's motivated by love. If the word is not Christ-like, is it consistent with the character, mission, and message of Jesus? Like I said earlier, that quote from Pete Grigg, Jesus is what God sounds like. If it doesn't sound like God, I'll fill in the blank. It should sound, and I don't mean like using, I'm not talking about using King James. God doesn't sound King James. <laughs> You guys, I'm, I'm 45. I've lived my whole life in the body of Christ. I know a little bit of King James talk. God doesn't sound like King James. God sounds like Jesus. 
There are, these are general guidelines to follow. Now, sometimes a word might be a little bit disruptive or may not be as comforting as we'd like, but on the whole, ABC is a good guide for us as you're starting out in the prophetic. If it's A, if it's B, if it's C, if it's affirming, if it's biblical, if it's Christ-like, man, go for it. Pray that over somebody. Wouldn't you want, you know, if, if someone's like, if, if someone was, if you desperately needed a word from God, and you're standing there and you're just like, gosh, I just need to hear from God today. And the person like two rows behind you, they're like, oh, I feel like God wants to say this, but I don't know if it's right. I don't know if it's right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. If it's affirming, biblical, and Christ-like, wouldn't you rather they just come say it over you? Amen. Wouldn't you rather be encouraged and built up by something that's affirming, biblical, and Christ-like than for them to be like, I don't know if it's God. I'm not going to say anything. Wouldn't you rather just hear? I would. I'd rather be encouraged. And then, if you're the one receiving the prophetic word, I have a couple guidelines for you too. And this is out of, strictly from our chapter that we read this week, if you're in it. Um, how to handle a prophetic word. First of all, the way you handle a prophetic word is one word, discernment. Discernment. And if you're like, I don't have a lot of discernment, grab somebody and bring them along and say, hey, somebody spoke this over me after church. What do you think? Okay. Number one, weigh it. Out of 1 Corinthians 14, 29, Paul, the Apostle Paul says, weigh every word spoken. You weigh it. You go, I don't know. It's a little off balance. Okay, maybe bring it back into balance. Correct what needs to be. You know why we don't? So let, leave that up on screen just really quick, Rob. So what happens here is the reason why the body of Christ is so off base, I'm just going to say it. Nobody wants to actually correct anybody. I... I said it, okay. <laughs> Nobody wants to actually, in a godly, loving way, correct someone. So we're like, uh, I mean, it was a little weird, but it's fine. Project a little weird over 5, 10, 20 years. It gets real weird. But no one corrected them back when it could have just been like, hey, you know what? This part of that was great. Where you got a little off base was right here. I'm not sure that was God. You might pray about it a little bit before you give that. Cool. We need to be free to lovingly correct one another with the word of God. So we weigh every word. And then we wait on it. Some words you just have to wait on. Listen, God spoke a word to me once when I was a teenager. We had a, so we, we used to have these things at our church called presbytery meetings. And a presbytery meeting was when a man or woman of God came and spoke prophetically over people for a, a good amount of time. And they recorded everything and they transcribed it and typed it out. I still have it in my file. And it was this presbytery, it was a prophetic meeting where God would say things over your life. God said things over my life I waited 6, 10, 12, 15 years for, and I'm still waiting on today. Waiting. Am I moving in the right direction? Yeah. I'm doing the next one. I'm walking in it every chance I get. But also, I'm waiting on it because not everything is right now. And this is hard for us in our culture. We like everything like right now. God's not right now. God speaks right now for your life. You know, God spoke over me when I was a teenager that, um, and I had, I was, um, I was not headed into ministry as a teenager. I was actually headed the other direction. If ministry was over here, I was going this direction. God actually spoke to me in one of these pre uh, presbytery meetings, and he said, um, uh, through, I, I'll never forget it. Uh, the man looked at me, and he said, God's going to take you through a time of study 
I see your head in books. God is going to take you through a time of study, and then out of that time of study, he's going to release you into a time, and he said, and then I see you going from books, I see you at a computer, and I see on your screen of your computer, and this was in the early 90s, so this is different. You are actually designing sets for Easter at a church. Six, seven, eight years later, I was on staff at a church in charge of Easter for many years. And one day I was sitting at my old church computer using old software to design sets and a, and, um, for a musical for Easter. And I realized, I was designing the empty tomb. I was designing, and, we, and I was like, it all hit me. This is God right now affirming where I am in my life. But it was six years later, seven years later. And then walk in it. Walk in it. And you can look up these verses later, but this means when God speaks something over you, you head toward that thing. Well, God said I was going to go to Africa. Well, have you priced tickets? Well, no, he said I'd go. Okay, what's your responsibility? We have responsibility to walk in the prophetic as well when God speaks. Okay. All right. And then to close today, some of us in here are like, when I said the word of the Lord is rare out of Samuel, you were like, and you need to hear from God. You hear what I'm saying about the prophetic being a gift through you to somebody else? And you're sitting here today saying, man, I could really use that gift coming toward me. God sees you. God's not out having coffee while you're needing a prophetic word. You haven't heard anything in a while. You're saying, man, the word of the Lord is rare. What do we do when the word of the Lord is rare? Well, the founder of YWAM, Youth with a Mission, Lauren Cunningham says this, when you haven't heard anything from God in a while, there's a few points. Let's just put them up on screen. Number one, you return to the last thing God said to you. This is a hard one sometimes. What was the last thing God said? Well, I didn't write it down. Oh, try to remember. God will bring it back to you. What's the last thing God said to me? Well, I felt like in that one prayer meeting, God was telling me to, good, go back to that. Return to the last thing God said to you. And then ask, have I been faithful to the revelation God gave me in that moment? Am I walking in it? Have I done everything I can with it? Have I asked anybody about it? Have I brought somebody along to say, hey, is this God? Is there anything you see I'm missing here? Ask the Lord if there's anything new he still wants to show you through this previous word. There might still be more. Like I said about that word earlier where God said you're going to be studying for a while, then you're going to be in front of a computer, then you're going to be planning Easter services. There's more in that word that I've gone back to multiple times to say, God, where are you at in this? I'm totally lost. Being faithful to the last thing he said, you position yourself to receive your next assignment from God. Forgive the typos there. Being faithful to the last thing he said, you position yourself to receive your next assignment from God. So right now, just where you are, if you need to hear from God, just say, God, what was the last thing you said to me? Maybe this doesn't apply, and you're like, hey, I'm there. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to hear from God. I've actually been in a super dry season, and I really need to hear from God. God knows exactly what you need and the timing that you need it in.
Let's position our hearts to him and say, God, and then we're saying, God, speak to me. And then as a church, I want us to just collectively pray, God, do it again. I want to talk to the youth and kids in the room today and say, Paul's instruction to Timothy applies to you. He told Timothy, war according to the words spoken over you. What were those words? Prophecies. God spoke prophetically to Paul and Timothy and all of the disciples. God was speaking prophetically then just like he's speaking prophetically now. And he instructed Timothy, he said, remember those words that were spoken over you in that meeting, that gathering, that thing at your mom's house, or your, whatever, that, all of that. do you remember all of that? Walk according to that, war according to it. In other words, keep presenting those words to God and saying, God, remember when you said this? Help me walk in it. Young people, war according to the word God's spoken over you. If God hasn't spoken over you, let him speak over you today. Don't let yourself off the hook and just be like, well, church is for grown-ups. No. God wants to speak to you. Youngest to the oldest. In fact, I pulled this out of Joel 2 last night because I just, I felt like I wanted to just speak this over us today. Joel chapter 2. Go ahead. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. He's saying in the last days, after the day of the great and terrible day of the Lord, what he's saying is in the last days, in this time, what he's doing is he's pouring out his spirit on everybody, women and men, young and old, do you fit into that category? Good. He wants to speak to you today. I want faith to rise up in your heart that God has a word for you. I want faith to rise in your heart that God has a word for someone else to come through you. He's good. We sang about it this morning. All my life, he's been faithful. All my life, he's been good. He's been faithful to speak. He's been faithful to move. He's been faithful to heal. Let's stand together. God, do it again. Those of us here today, God, that are saying, hey, we want to be functioning more in the gift of, of prophecy, would you do it again? If that's you, just say, just extend your hands to the Lord in whatever position to receive. And just say, Lord, I, I know you speak. I want to function in the gifts of your Holy Spirit. I, you might have been hurt. That's okay. It's okay. He's, God is safe. The heart of God is for you and it's for people. He doesn't, he, he longs to reveal his heart, that's prophecy, his heart for people through you. You're like, well, I'm not around at the end of service when they do, that doesn't matter. You might be out at the donut table at 9.30 every Sunday morning ready to give a word of faith to somebody walking around fellowshipping with others and saying, hey, God has a word for you. I just saw this picture. 
normalize God speaking through you in your own heart, in your own mind. Normalize it. It's not, it's not something that he doesn't want to do. He wants to speak through you to other people. Walk into a room and wait and see if, some, if God wants to speak to somebody through you. Look around and be like, oh. Sometimes when God is speaking um, to me for somebody, I have no idea what he's about to say. I just see over them and God says, hey, go over there and talk to them and I've got something for them today. And I say, okay, God, encourage them however you can through me today. The gifts of the Spirit flow when the fruit of the Spirit are present. Come, Holy Spirit. We want to flow with you. If that's you today and you just say, hey, I, I, I want to function in the gifts of the Spirit more. I want to believe God and for other people and share his heart. Just say that to him. Just say, God, I want to, I want to function in the gifts of the Holy Spirit more. I want, to, I want you to bless people through me, God. I want you to minister your heart to others through me. Young people, pray this right now. God, I want, I want you to speak to me for others. How do we want to function in the gifts of the, the prophetic gifts that you've given? We receive from you right now in Jesus' name. Receive the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Right where you stand, right where you sit, be filled with the Holy Spirit of God right now in Jesus' name. Be filled with the Spirit to overflowing. Be filled. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Like he's not calling anybody forward. Nobody's falling down. That doesn't have to happen. God's God. I'm not. He's meeting with you right now. Let faith rise up in your heart that church is not maybe what we think it is, but connecting with God in prayer and worship and adoration and in his word is what we needed to be doing today. Come, Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit right now, church. I'm going to call up young people in just a second. But also, I want to call up two groups. If you desperately need to hear from God and you just feel like the word of a God has been rare over you recently and you just, you need to hear from God. I know that feeling. God wants to speak to you. God wants to meet with you. God wants to shower you with his love. And I'm not guaranteeing a prophetic word for you this morning. I'm saying God wants to speak to you. God wants to love on your heart through his church today. And so if you need a word from God, if you need a word from God, I want you just to come up right now. Just come on up. Say, I need to hear from God. 
I need to hear from God. I... Yeah. Yeah. I need to hear from God. And we're just going to wait on the Lord. There's a team of people that have been praying for you this week, but also there's a group of people standing behind you that want God to speak to you as well. You need a word from the Lord. Okay. And everybody gets to play. So if you know God wants to speak to you, speak to somebody today, would you just come forward? God wants to speak to you, to somebody else. Just come put your hand on their shoulder and just pray over them. Just come put your hand on their shoulder and just pray over them. If you're in the room and you just, you're like, hey, I'm gonna step out and just let God use me. Step out and let God use you. Let God speak through you. This is, a, this is a safe environment. Everybody gets to play. You're like, I don't have anything, but I wanna pray. Cool, come put your hand on somebody's shoulder and pray for them. If you have a question, we'll come with you, we'll pray with you. And let's let God speak to others through us today. And I told you I wanted to pray over teenagers. So teenagers, will you just come right up here, right here, just right up here, teenagers. Forge youth, if you're between the ages of 12 and 20, come up right here, just right here. Come on, squeeze in, squeeze in, come on. Pretend like there's a little Caesar's pizza up here and just push your way to the front, right here, come on, come on. Come on, squeeze in, press in right up here. You're gonna have, there's a bunch of you, so squeeze right up here. Put your feet right up in, the, yep, there you go. Come on, son, get in there. Yep, come on. Come on. Hey, we can do a bunch of things at once, so if you're praying over people, you just keep praying. God's gonna move. Just squeeze in. Come on, spread out. There's more room here, more room. Just spread out. There you go. There's a bunch more of you. Come on. If you're not praying for anybody, will you just stretch out your hand toward this brood right here? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come Holy Spirit and breathe on these teens right now in Jesus' name. Right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, receive the Holy Spirit. Fire of God, fall on them right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, loud or quiet, shy or bold, right now in Jesus' name, receive the Holy Spirit. Fire of God, breathe and blow on these teenagers right now in Jesus' name, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit, more of you, God. Teens, would you just put your hands out in, in receiving from the Lord? He wants, to just, he wants to just pour out a deposit on you right now. You can close your eyes. You can open your eyes. It doesn't matter. He wants to meet with you. Just focus your heart on him. Yeah. Just say, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I see the Lord just filling you, teens, and strengthening you. 
filling you, strengthening you. He's filling you up with this Holy Spirit. He's strengthening you to stand under the weight of this generation and proclaim the good news of Jesus. The good news of Jesus is the fire of God to your generation. The good news of Jesus is the fire of God to your generation. God, put your word in their hearts right now, God. Put your word in their hearts, God. Fill them right now with your Holy Spirit. Put your word in their hearts, God, to preach the gospel, to share the gospel to every nation, to every nation in Jesus' name, to every nation, to every nation, to every nation. The fire of God, the gospel going out to the world. Come on, let's lay hands on these teens and just declare the fire of God over them, the goodness of God over them, the blessing of God, the gospel over them right now in Jesus' name. Yeah. yeah. Let's lay hands on them. Let's just lay hands on lay hands on their shoulder. Come on, just pray. Just pray. Just pray. We're pressing into God today. We're pressing into God today. We're pressing into God today. We're not going we're going to wait on him. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Put a prophetic unction in their hearts, Lord, to bring forth your word, to bring the gospel to a generation. Put your word in their hearts, God, in Jesus' name. Put your word in their hearts right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, power of God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, the power of God, the gifts of the Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name. Yeah, come on. Be filled with the Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name. The gospel going out to a generation. If you're here in the room and you're not praying with somebody, we just reach your hands toward these people at the front. Participate in what God's doing. I just say, God, release your word. Release a word in season. That's what God wants to do today. He wants to release a word in season over your life. In season over your life. Young people, God wants to release a word in season to you in your life today. You're like, God's not speaking to me. I had a word this morning. Uh, I told you I had a couple things I wanted to say. The other thing is, he spoke to me out of Isaiah this morning and said, he's preparing the road. He's preparing the way. That's you. That's you. He's preparing the road. He's preparing the way. He said, make straight a way in the highway for our God. Make straight a highway in the desert for our God. That's you. He's preparing the way. Young person, he's preparing the way. Just say, God, I submit my life to you. I want whatever you want for my life. Young person, just speak that out louder in your heart. Just say, God, use me however you can. Prepare the way through me, God. If you're in the room today and you just want to participate in what God's doing, just say, okay, God, use me however you can. Awesome. Pray and obey. <laughs> Pray and obey. Pray and obey. We're pressing in. We're pressing in. We're pressing in. God, release the gifts of the Spirit in this place. In Jesus' name, release the gifts of the Spirit in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, and move. Come, Holy Spirit, and breathe. Fire of God, come. Ignite these young people. Ignite us old people. And everything in between, God, 
Light us on fire with your love, God, your gospel. Going out to a generation, light us on fire with your word, God. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. God might give you a word for somebody that's just still sitting out here in the room. That's great. Go share it with them. It doesn't have to be all weird. You can just say, hey, God, I feel like God's saying this to you today. I see this over you today. A, B's, and C's, share them. Let God just stir something in your heart today. God wants to move. some of that more more from the older generation to come and just start praying over these young people. Yeah, come give an impartation. Come give a prayer. Come just pray over them. Come invite the Holy Spirit just to come and move. still waiting for a word from the Lord, just stay here. Don't, don't go anywhere. Pastors, leaders, prayer people, ministry people, anybody in the room, come on up and pray for people. Thank you, Jesus. Mm, yeah, yeah, the Lord's plowing ground in here. He's plowing the ground of hearts. Yep, yep. He's plowing ground. He's plowing ground and he's making it right for seed to grow, for the harvest to grow. He's plowing ground in here today. Yep. We release the word of the Lord right now in this place. God's responding to the prayers of parents in this place. God's responding to the prayer of parents and grandparents in this place. God's responding to the prayer spoken over you from parents and grandparents today, young people. God has a purpose in this generation, young and old, us all living on the planet right now. God has a purpose for you to share his love with the world, to get a hold of the gifts of the Spirit and share it with the world. God has a purpose for you. We say yes to it, Lord. We say yes to your plan, your purpose, your way, God. Mm, thank you, Jesus. If God is speaking a word or has spoken a word over you, write it down. Write it down. Whatever you remember, just write it down. Just write it down. I type them in a note in my phone. Just write it down. This is what God's speaking to me today. Write it down. You're going to go back and see God's faithfulness and his goodness to you. Why? Because God loves to speak to his people. He's releasing his word over you. Come, Holy Spirit. 
We do have some words for prayer as well. We're going to put those up on the screen. If they, if they apply to anybody, come on up and get prayer for them. Words that were felt before service, these were prophetic words that were words of knowledge felt before service, denial and anger to be prayed over, delivery from fears, diabetic infected toes and feet. God, when, when you respond to the word of the Lord, God will heal. God, God sp spoke these things to touch and heal your body. So if that's you, come on up. Somebody will pray with you. Someone will pray for you over these things. If, it, if you're responding to the, one of the words, just come on over here. We want to pray for you. Pain at the base of your head on your left side. Pain at the base of your head on the left side. Unforgiveness. A release of joy. Right now, I release joy in Jesus' name. I release joy over you now in the name of Jesus. I release joy in your heart as you respond to the Spirit of God, as you respond to the Word of the Lord. I release joy in your heart. Burdens lifted. I speak that over you. Burdens be lifted now in Jesus' name. Financial burdens. I speak over financial burdens to be lifted now in Jesus' name. It's time to awaken the Spirit of God within you. And then another word was a, a can opener. I don't know what that is, but if you need to respond, come forward. God's speaking. We're not in a rush. We're not in a hurry. You can go pick up your kids and come right back in here. We're just going to keep praying. Yeah. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Pastors, leaders, parents, grandparents, come on up and put a hand on a teenager and just pray over them. Pray over them. Speak words of hope and life and joy. Come on. Yes. It's also okay just to sit in the presence of God. Samuel went to sleep. He went to sleep right at the ark of the Lord. Just let, it's okay just to sit and rest in the presence of God. Let God just speak over you. Let God just wash over you. Yes, in Jesus' name. Yes, in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. To respond or receive prayer after the live stream closes, Please email prayer at vineyardboise.org and if possible, include your phone number. We'd love to get in touch with you. Thanks.